Hello, and welcome to the IndyCar conference call. My name is Jason, and I will be your operator. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Later, we will conduct a question and answer session. During the question and answer session, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star, then 1 on your touchtone phone. Also, please note this conference is being recorded. I will now turn the call over to Arnie Shreven. You may begin. Thank you, Jason, and welcome everyone to today's IndyCar Media Teleconference. About an hour ago, IndyCar announced a 17-race calendar for the 2018 Verizon IndyCar Series season. We're pleased to be joined today by Mark Miles, the CEO of Holman & Company, the uh, owner of IndyCar as well as the Verizon IndyCar Series, and Verizon IndyCar Series driver Graham Rahal of Rahal Letterman Lanigan Racing. Gentlemen, thanks for uh, taking the time to join us today and discuss the schedule. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Mark, uh, First, uh, starting with you, the one thing that's very noticeable about the 2018 schedule is the fact that uh, the date equity is carried over from uh, many of the races from uh, the last few years. How valuable to IndyCar is it to have that level of consistency with uh, with its promoters? Well, we think it's important. Um, I suppose there will always be some changes on the margin as uh, schedules get made, but 16 of 17 races from a very successful uh, 2017 Verizon IndyCar Championship are back. Um, just thinking about that briefly, uh, we want to give one more shout out to, to uh, Gateway and the Bomberito Automotive Group 500, uh, which will be returning for a second race next year. But what a, what a great job they did in their first year and having a really positive impact for the series. So um, while on the one hand, I think... Uh, the consistency is important. We love it if year after year fans quit looking at their calendars and referring to dates. They just say, well, next week must be uh, St. Petersburg, or uh, if it's May, we must be in Indianapolis. We want, we want that to be the way people think about the series. There, are, uh, there, are, uh, there is a change, obviously. Watkins Glen has come off the calendar, and I want to take this opportunity to thank Michael and everybody there for being a great partner, uh, jumping into the breach, uh, when we had an opportunity late in 2016 and doing everything possible to make us uh, to make it work and put on a great event in 2017, but it was uh, turned out to be a really tough time um, in New York. So um, we're particularly pleased to be able to uh, to kind of replace uh, that traditional IndyCar venue uh, track that all of our paddock like with um, another old friend in Portland. And we're out here now with Graham um, making the announcement in Portland about returning to Portland. And uh, we think that makes sense for the series. The, the last part of the series will be the swing on the West Coast from Portland as the penultimate event to Sonoma. And we ought to say our thoughts are certainly with our friends in Northern California today. Um, but we think that's great for the series, and it's a market that we really want to get into, and we think it'll be a great success here. Well, you answered my next question, which was about the addition of Portland. Uh, one of the other changes, of course, is the uh, return of Phoenix to its preferred date in early April. Can you tell us just uh, the significance of uh, having and working with Phoenix to get that date back for them? Well, we knew when we first went to Phoenix a couple events ago that uh, the NCAA Final Four was going to be there at the same time, and so we we moved to uh, kind of dodge that uh, conflict, and we knew that um, it would make sense to take into account both dates and the experience in each of those two years and then choose. So um, I don't see that as a 
is a, a material change in the calendar. They're going back to where they started, and um, we, they think that's best for them in, in Phoenix, and we certainly support it. All right, Graham, uh, the schedule for an, as from the driver's perspective really has to uh, be a, a challenge for you. Uh, you really have to be good at all disciplines to uh, challenge for the championship. Uh, just how much of a challenge is uh, six ovals, six road courses, and five street courses? Well, I think it's great. You know, it's uh, it, it's a great mixture of all of them, uh, even really across the board between three very different types of, of styles uh, of venues. And, you know, I think Portland's going to be a great addition for us, as Mark said, as well. I think Gateway did a tremendous job this year. Uh, that was that was a huge success. And I uh, saw those guys a couple of weeks ago. I'm excited for what's to come. But, you know, I think it proves, once again, why IndyCar racing is, is uh is the most challenging format uh and most competitive form of racing uh in the entire world because you have to be good not just on one type of venue or one style of track but on on everything and uh so you know it's uh I'm looking forward to the challenges ahead I'm excited you know to to be back in Portland uh, to be here today I'm going to get get a chance to see the track here in a little bit but um you know, it's a place I've had a lot of memories at, uh, in, in racing myself. I know I think there's eight of us, uh, in the Verizon IndyCar series today that, that have raced there in the past. And so it's a, it's a good addition, but, um, you know, I think it's a, it's a great, uh, schedule. As, as Mark said, it'd be great if it, uh, can continue on like this. We're seeing a lot of continuity, uh, with our venues, um, and, and dates and things like that. So it's, it's nice because even from, from a team perspective, um, you know, it's pretty consistent and, uh, and we know where we're going to be at what time of year, which is, which is great, uh, and certainly a change from the past, but, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, you mentioned you have a lot of good memories at Portland. I know, uh, you won your first, uh, Road Indy race, uh, when it was the Star Mazda series back in uh, 2005 at Portland. But what, what makes that, uh, track very special for, uh, an IndyCar? Well, it, you know, it's uh, it's a fast place, you know, and as I just said, I, I know there's been a couple of changes, um, I believe back in the turns five, six, seven complex, I'm excited to go out there uh, shortly and, and, and see what we've got, but, um, you know, it's a very fast track, uh, produces some great close racing, you know, I think uh, in 97, Gilles DeFerrin uh, lost to Mark Blundell by .027 of a second, which is still the closest finish. Uh, on a street or road course in IndyCar history, which is cool. And then, you know, you can go back years before that. Obviously, my dad went in there in, in 87. So a lot of great, uh, a lot of great moments have come at this track. Um, you know, but it's, it's got a lot of high speed corners, a lot of flowing sections. But with the new 2018 IndyCar, I fully anticipate that, uh, it will provide some, some very, very, very close racing, uh, and exciting racing for all the fans. All right, thanks, Graham. Uh, Jason, let's open up for questions for uh, Mark Miles or Graham Ray Hall. Thank you. If you have a question, please press star then one on your touchtone phone. If you wish to remove yourself from the queue, please press the pound sign or the hash key. If you are using a speakerphone, you may need to pick up the handset first before pressing the numbers. Once again, if you have a question, please press star then one on your touchtone phone. And our first question comes from Bruce Martin from Auto Week. Uh, hi guys, congratulations on the schedule. Uh, Mark, it seems like now for the first time in over a decade or two, the series is represented in every part of the country with the exception of the Northeast. Uh, how, why is it such a challenge to be able to find a good home for, uh, the 
Verizon IndyCar Series at a northeastern venue? Well, I sort of count Pocono as kind of northeast, but not to be argumentative. Um, uh, you know, maybe we haven't uh, focused enough. You know, we we uh, thought we might have kind of a toehold there with Watkins Glen um, and Boston before that, but um, I don't think there are any particular unique challenges. We just have to uh, do our hard work of uh, of finding cities. There are a couple cities that that are still that, that have come to us that want to talk about it, at least in the east. Um, so over time, I think we'll fill that that gap. By the way, your question uh, prompts me to to say this. I, I want to say a special thanks to to Stephen Starks, who's the IndyCar executive responsible for developing the schedule, whose work really uh, has been pivotal in the ability to get this done um, with uh, with Portland, and generally to I think improve the productivity of the relationships between IndyCar and and our promoters. And I also want to say, although it's not responsive to your question, Bruce, that we're glad this is with Green Savory. Those guys, as everybody probably on the uh, on the call knows, um, do our races in St. Pete, and that seems to be getting better every year, really part of the fabric of uh, the calendar in St. Petersburg, Florida, a great way to open the series every year. Toronto is getting better all the time, or at least in recent history, and uh, that's a complicated place to make a a street circuit work. They're doing it. And then, of course, they own and operate uh, Mid-Ohio. So we've got a lot of confidence in them. They know what they're doing. They worked very hard in a focused way to uh, get everything signed and committed and, and make it possible for Portland to be on the calendar this year, next year. And also, uh, Watkins Glen didn't want a Labor Day weekend date, but Portland did. How important is that that you have a city now that really wanted to kind of have a, you know, exploit the holiday to some degree to make this a big event? Well, I think it helps. I guess it would have been possible to have the penultimate event immediately before Sonoma, so we might have had some flexibility there, but we liked the schedule and the way it worked out. And, um, you know, what works for one market doesn't necessarily work for another and and uh portland you know the track is urban it's it's very convenient to the city in the city and uh i'm sure there are lots of things to do in every city in america on labor day weekend but the folks here seem to think that uh that's actually a an asset and an attribute uh, and labor day will work well for indycar well, congratulations, and thank you for pointing out I missed all those geography classes at Indiana University. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, and our next question comes from Tony Dezino from NBCSports.com. I actually got the pronunciation right. Hi, Mark. How are you? Great. How are you doing? Good. Um, so actually, I'm glad you touched on the Green Savory point. Um, a lot of those races that you mentioned, the three that they've done, have all been kind of built-up events where they've been on the schedule for a pretty long period of time. Why did you? What was kind of the process to get to them to to have them for a revived event? Since with some of the others, Phoenix, Gateway, uh, Road America, it's been different. You know, it's been a different promoter to to do that. I think the process started from an IndyCar perspective at least two years ago. In some respects, back to when I first got involved as a board member, you, you know that we did some, we, we had some consultants help us think about how to grow the series and 
they helped us focus on what many of you take for granted, I think, uh, the, the need for a geographic balance a around the country. Um, so we've been thinking about the Pacific Northwest for a while, and in earnest, Stephen started a process to reach out and make <clears throat> opportunities for new events known, especially in this region. Um, between ourselves and other prospective promoters and Green Savory, uh, I know four or five major cities in this part of the country and Canada that, that were discussions and, and, and diligence occurred. And uh, in the end, it just kept coming back to Portland. We think, uh, you know, the history of the sport is so important here that tracks had a special place in open wheel or indie car racing. We like the the scene in Portland. It's young and it's progressive. It's got momentum. It's got mass transit, which goes right to the track now. Um, and we think that, you know, IndyCar's attributes being accessible, being tech-oriented, um, the drivers being primarily young and, and, and socially engaged, all that will, will be appealing in Portland. And so, uh, in the end... Stephen, working with um, uh, Kevin and Kim, uh, really focused here, and the city and the park officials, the, the track is part of the Parks Department in Portland, were very eager, uh, enthusiastic about the possibilities. Everybody uh, did all they could and kind of rallied to try to make it possible. So we ended up with the calendar being put out a little later than uh, than would have been our, our first instinct, but I think this is well worth the wait, and we appreciate the work that Stephen and Kim and Kevin and, and city officials here did to make it possible at all for next year. Mm -hmm. Do you anticipate there being a huge amount of investment needed for the facility, and or when would you hope to have a, a title sponsor for the race event? Well, the first answer is no. Um, they've made some investments. I think Graham referred to some improvements in a group of turns. I think I, I'm going to see it for the first time this afternoon, but it sounds like it's five, six, seven. And they'll do some other things to improve fencing and tire walls and the like, but it, none of that is major. Those will be the responsibilities of the promoter, which, you know, they came in here and kicked the tires is probably not, you know, a pun, but um, literally looked at everything and, and committed themselves to those more minor modifications that need to be made. Um, as to a title sponsor, they're already on that. There's a lot of great companies out here, um, and uh, I'm sure that's a very high priority for them. Cool. Great. Thank you. Thank you. And our next question comes from Don Kay from Autosport Radio. Uh, Mark, for you, um, have you guys looked at perhaps returning in the future to Kentucky or, or Joliet, Chicagoland, actually, or even Richmond, which was really starting to grow well. Have you guys looked at that? Is that something that could be happening in the next couple of years, maybe? I knew you'd find a way to get an oval question in today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we don't know. We, we're very well represented in the Midwest. The Midwest is probably our foundation, our sort of home market, so to speak. But we got we got a lot of re presence in the Midwest. So um, somebody already asked about the Northeast. I'd say in some ways that's the greatest uh, need in terms of finalizing a balance uh, for the series calendar. 
um, but never say never. Um, we do not have on active conversations right now with with the two places you mentioned. How about New Hampshire? Anything possible to return there? It's possible. I guess <laughs> it's possible. Okay. I'm unaware of uh, any. I don't think there's any on you know current conversation about that. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, and once again, if you have a question, please press star, then one on your touchtone phone. Our next question comes from John Sturban from RacingToday.com. Yes, for uh, Mr. Print, no, no, Mr. Print, no. Mr. Miles, um, did Michael Print up offer an alternative date that would have worked for Watkins Glen, or did he just bail out this year? No, no, it would be completely unfair to characterize this as them bailing out. Um, it was very mutual, great respect. We appreciated the discussions and the process. There were discussions with them where we kind of looked, you know, week by week from uh, early September, earlier into the summer, and, we, and there just wasn't a, a week that worked on our calendars and theirs. We considered all kinds of possibilities, even maybe even kind of partnering with other events they already had on their schedule on, on weekends, which would have been interesting, but it, in the end, just none of them really were feasible at this time. We have the utmost respect for them, and uh, we will continue to keep uh, a dialogue with them, and if there is a time when uh, we can revisit it, then we'll be eager to do so. Okay, and if I could follow with Graham, um, Graham, the drivers universally praised the place, especially after it was repaved, uh, for being, you know, a natural place, a natural venue for Indy cars. Uh, how disappointing is it from a driver's perspective not to be going back to that historic venue? Well, obviously it's tough, you know, but uh, at the same time, we, we, uh, I think as a series, uh, you know, have to continue to go to places that uh, that, that we see great crowd support. Um, I think if you look at the IndyCar series across the board, we've seen great uh, increases in, in, in fans and audience at the, at the track. Uh, we've got to keep that going. As much as I as I love, there's tons of places I'd love to go race at. But you know, we uh, we we selling. I don't even know how many tickets, but you know, the place needs to be packed. Um, you know, and 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 a lot of venues that we go to are successful at that. I mean, look at St. Louis, forty thousand whatever people there. Um, you know, but uh, but we haven't seen that at Watkins Glen, and and it's a shame, you know, because it it is a great track, but we've replaced it. Uh, you know, with, with Portland, where I think we can have a lot of success here. I'm already getting, you know, a heck of a lot of buzz on social media about it. I, when I go up to, uh, to Courtney's races in Seattle, often I get questions about when we're coming back. So, you know, to all those fans, you know, we're back, we're here now, and uh, I'm excited to see what they can do with it. Okay, thank you both. Thank you. Thank you, and our next question comes from Robin Miller from Racer.com. Mark, do you think in Portland's heyday there was the City of Roses, it was the Festival, the Rose Parade, and it was the whole city got behind it. And then they had G.I. Joe's for years and years. But could this thing have happened without the city's father's blessings? Were they the guys that really drove it? Yes. Um, with reference to the first couple of things you mentioned, those really didn't fit. I mean, the Rose Parade just schedule-wise didn't fit, but... Um, 
the it was clear from our first contact, which I think was pretty much direct from IndyCar to the city um, over the last couple of years, that from the mayor's office, the, that there's a commissioner, which is an elected official that's responsible for parks, Commissioner Fritz, and the and the the staff, the management at PIR, they were eager. They saw it as something that can work. Um, you know, they appreciate the history, but they see it as uh, very Portland today. You know, re- really a great fit. And um, you know, without without their enthusiasm and their cooperativeness in, in trying to open doors and explore the possibilities. Uh, maybe it would have worked eventually, but I don't know that it would have been on the calendar for 2018, and uh, it, it was really important to us. Thanks. Yes, sir. Thank you. And our next question comes from Rico Ramirez from Area Grande. Yes, uh, Mr. Miles, uh, we can see the season finale is going to be again in Sonoma Raceway. Can you tell us why was Sonoma Raceway chosen again? Why is uh, the finale again? Yes. Why did you choose Sonoma Raceway for the season finale again? Yes. Um, Well, I I think our organization, broadly defined, uh, the paddock, um, our team owners, our sponsors, they really like being in Sonoma. It's a great place for uh, the activation that, that occurs that makes the sport work in terms of sponsor entertaining and the like. Uh, it's uh, uh, They're a partner that's been good to work with, and that date <clears throat> is one of the very few that work for them, given that they got a lot of other, other, other events. So... Um, it's, it's, it was just sort of a natural for us. I think we probably agreed to this arrangement with them for three years now, two years ago. So, um, yeah, there wasn't really any serious thought about them not being the finale for 2018, and we can, of course, assess that for the future as, as we now turn our heads forward to look at the future. Thank you very much, Mr. Miles. If I can also ask... Uh Graham about uh, um, Danica Patrick leaving NASCAR. Would you like to have her back? She was at one point uh, part of uh, Letterman Ray Hotin. Would you like to have her back and and Indy? Well, I mean, Danica, you know, I would consider a great friend of our family and, uh, you know, certainly was a big part of, of the history of our program years and years ago. Uh, I, I, you know, it, it would it'd always be great to have her back, um, you know, to, to, to drive at Indy, but, you know, really it, that's, that's completely up to her um, and the decisions that she makes. We always welcome, you know, to, to IndyCar like we did Fernando, you know, the best talent uh, to come and, and, and try their hand at uh, running in the 500. So whoever that may be in the future, you know, it would be, uh, be great to have them. But uh, I think you'd really have to ask her what her future plans are and stuff like that. Thank you. And next we have Jacob Seelman from Performance Motorsports. 
Uh, one for each of you, Mark. Uh, as far as uh, Portland's return, I saw on uh, on social media, and it looks like a three-year deal. Uh, how important when you guys were were searching for a venue to replace Watkins Glen? Uh, how important was it for IndyCar to find a fit that wouldn't just be a, a flash in the pan, like a one-year deal. How important was it to have more of a long-term commitment to whichever venue uh, that ended up getting that spot? We don't want to do it any other way. Um, we have no interest in finding a sort of one-year opportunity. I don't know. Maybe it's possible, but I really can't imagine why we'd want to do that unless there was some very specific one-off need. Um, or opportunity, but our philosophy about building the calendar for the series is, uh, you know, I, I told people here, I hope my grandchildren are watching the race in Portland. We're, yeah, it's a three-year deal to start, but we want the same kind. I mean, think about, what is it, 43 years in Long Beach, and we're past 12 or 13, I think, in St. Pete, and we, we want those traditions. Um, I think they're a really important part of the development of the sport. Graham, for you, obviously you referenced off the top your dad uh, won at Portland back in 87. I know you haven't had a chance to hit the track yet, but with the new aero kits, how different do you feel like uh, it may be from the last time you were there, and how important would it be to be able to follow your father as a winner there? Well, it's hard. as far as the changes and stuff like that, I, I haven't seen it yet. Um I'm, I'm headed out there. I think we're headed out there within the next hour or two, you know, to see the venue. Uh, but it was a, it was a great, you know, course and, and platform to start with. You know, I think that uh, with some of the repaving and stuff that's been done, I I anticipate it only being nicer than what we've what we've seen uh, before. But uh, you know, as far as as history, um, you know, it's this era of the world has been important to me in my career. I got my first uh, national go karting event win here uh which was a big deal for me at that time and then uh and really kind of fueled some of my success in go-karts and then you know on to uh, star mazda uh to to get my win here at at that time um you know was a big deal and formula atlantic let that one slip away but uh, to, to follow dad's footsteps and to be a winner uh in in the verizon indycar series here would be tremendous um you know clearly that's uh, each and every weekend that we go to as, as a team with Ray Letterman Landing and Racing, we focus very hard on uh, on, on winning at all times. And so, uh, you know, to be able to do that, as uh, as uh, as we looked at when you look at the schedule, and to use Mark's favorite word, the penultimate race of the series, <laughs> um, it, this is going to be a big one too because uh, it's coming right down to the end of it. Uh, you know, only Sonoma. Being uh, being there to cap it off, and just like Watkins was this year, it, it, that really can can swing the championship in many different directions. And so, you know, to get a win at that time of the year will be big for us next year. Actually, Mark, if I can can follow up kind of on what Graham referenced there real quick, uh, with Portland coming back on the schedule, it gives uh, as this the press release mentioned kind of a West Coast swing to end this season. Uh, how big do you feel like that is, not just for the series, but even for some of the teams? Yeah, I, I think uh, it's good from a market kind of penetration point of view that 
more people out here will pay more attention at the end of the year, and I think for the teams, uh, they'll all decide individually how to deal with it because there is the week in between, but I expect some of them will take advantage of it, leave equipment out here, and uh, and it can be a really favorable thing for them from a logistics uh, operational point of view. Thank you. And next we have a follow-up question from Tony DeZino. Um, Mark, uh, we haven't, somehow haven't got to this yet. Uh, Mexico is not listed on the schedule. Is there still a possibility of that coming on board, or where does that sit at the moment? Uh, yes, I think there is still a possibility of adding Mexico City for next year. We felt like with Portland being nailed down, most of the schedule, obviously, the schedule we're happy to, to have as our final schedule for next year is set and ought to be public. Uh, but there are ongoing, uh, there's ongoing work in Mexico City to get to the track there. Um, I, I think it's quite close, and, and uh, we're optimistic about the possibility, uh, even for yet for uh, to be added for the 2018 schedule. If it happens, it'll be in there probably just after Mid Ohio, where we got a little longer break in the middle of our summer than we'd like, and. Uh, you know, everything we know about the opportunity there is, is uh, exciting. Great track, great facility, obviously huge market, a lot of open-wheel uh, fans and IndyCar fans. And, uh, you know, we, we, we hope that can come together, but we're, the schedule works for us uh, if it doesn't. We have not presented a final deadline for that. It's, it would be a combination of what they would need time-wise to be successful in promoting an event in early August, uh, but from our perspective, uh, it could be added uh, down the road. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. And we have no further questions in the queue. Well, then everybody stay warmer than we are. So it's a little nippy here, but uh, thanks for participating. and. Uh, we're looking forward to next year. All right. And as seeing as there are no further questions for Mark and Grandma, we will wrap up today's uh, conference call. Uh, this teleconference will be available on a digital replay approximately one hour after the conclusion of the call. To access the system, participants will need to dial 888-843-7419 or 630-652-3042 and enter the passcode 444-16562. And then the pound sign. Uh, transcript and MP3 audio of today's call will be available on IndyCar's media website at media.indycar.com. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This concludes today's conference. Thank you for participating, and you may now disconnect.